A very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Khoury and joining me on Skype is Seema Barker, my co-presenter. And can you hear me? Um, we, we is can, Skype working on Radio Verulam this it, evening? It certainly is. We're very lucky, Seema. So tonight's show is is truly the only topic that we could possibly cover uh, given the current climate um, and we're bringing the the best people we could possibly find to talk to you about COVID-19. So we have a selection and we're coming at it from different angles um, because we know as parents you have lots of concerns and worries out there in light of what is really the biggest health crisis in modern history. So we're going to start off with Verity Hill. She's a virologist and she'll be helping us understand exactly what we're up against in COVID-19. And then another angle, um, which is um, more about how we are going to come together and help uh, each other out in these circumstances. So Angela Connolly is one of the founders of St. Albans Coronavirus Volunteers. And she's going to be telling us about the wonderful and heartwarming initiative and telling us how we can all pitch in. Now, we know schools are closing on Friday. We finally found out and we have a little bit of clarity in that respect. But we have a lot of other questions. Um, maybe we won't get into those tonight. But one thing that is on the forefront of most parents' minds is how to keep children continuing their learning. And particularly when there's no return date on the horizon. So a local mom, Kate Meeks, she's founder and CEO of Your, Te- Your Favourite Teacher. Um, she'll be joining us in, in about halfway through the show at around half past eight. And finally, we're going to actually not have live in the audience uh, or in the studio, I should say, but we've got wise words from Dr. Kirsten Thurwall from Reading University, who really who wanted to join us on the show this evening, but she couldn't. And we wanted to ask her specifically about how to talk to your children about their fears surrounding the coronavirus. So she's given us a list of tips that we're going to share with you later on about how to talk to your children in a way that doesn't make their anxiety worse than it already is, or that just kind of validates how they feel. So that'll be coming up towards the very end of the show. Um, But as promised, first up, we have Verity Hill joining us on Skype as well this evening. Now, Verity is a virologist and um, she'll tell us a little bit more about her background. Welcome to the Parents Show, uh, Verity. Hi, it's good to be here. It's great to have you on the show. So as a virologist, I have to say, I never thought of it as being a whole profession until very recently. It's kind of (laughs) it's on it's on our radars like like nothing else at the moment. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, So I use the genetic information that's inside viruses, their genome, to try and ask questions about how the virus is spreading in space and time. So I'm a computational biologist and um, I run models to try and explore those sorts of questions. Okay, you, we're with you. We're with you so far. Uh, are, are we with you? I think it's fantastic. I always feel slightly like uh, I, I get lost after the first three words, but it, it sounds like you're doing the thing that everybody wants you to be doing. Yeah, yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> it's definitely a very needed profession right now. So can you, can you give us a very simple explanation of what the difference is between a virus and an infection? Sure, yeah. So um, a virus is basically a microbe, like other microbes you might have come across. Um, And it's a tiny bit of genetic information 
wrapped up in some chemicals. And what it does is it goes into your cells and it hijacks your cells machinery and makes copies of itself. Um, an infection, though, is when a microbe invades part of your body. It doesn't necessarily cause you any harm, but it's the process of that invasion. And then we also have a disease, which is when that microbial infection harms you in some way. So it could cause you to have a cough, for example. And for this pandemic, the virus, so that causative agent, is called SARS-CoV-2. And the disease it causes, so the collection of symptoms, the cough and the fever and all of that, is called COVID-19, which might be why you've seen both terms around in the news. Right. Why does it actually have... To, and then the corona is... It's a kind of an umbrella thing, is it? Because it seemed to... this. I've heard of other... You know, other, there are other coronaviruses, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. So coronavirus is actually a family of viruses. And it includes quite a lot of different things. Like it includes the viruses which cause the common cold. Um, but it also includes the virus which caused the SARS pandemic in 2002 and 2003 as well as uh, a few other um, viruses. But yeah, it's, it's an umbrella term. And actually the, the cough in SARS-CoV-2 stands for coronavirus. Oh, right, I see. And can I just ask, because it's related to other, because this COVID-19 is related to other uh, viruses that are obviously similar, <laughs> but how similar is it like when they are looking for they're tr testing out cures or they're testing out vaccines are they similar enough that they don't have to go too far from what they've looked at before or actually in scientific terms they're really quite different um usually so viruses are, are very very diverse from each other in a way that um say animals and things like that bigger organisms really aren't so even within one type of virus like within uh, influenza virus, you know, you have to get your vaccine every year. So sometimes yeah. even within one type of virus, there's an enormous amount of variation. So for coronavirus, for this one, um, I think they've been looking at some fairly new things, but also we don't actually have, as far as I'm aware, I don't think we have a vaccine against any of the coronaviruses. So they'd be starting from quite early on anyway. Right. Okay. And is it possible, Verity, that they that there are there are cures underway, that there are there are solutions underway that we don't know about? So I uh, I think I read yesterday that the World Health Organization is actually extending a trial for a treatment that began in China, um, and because there aren't so many cases left in China now, um, they haven't got quite enough data, so they're extending the trial to other countries. They're in plans to continue those clinical trials. Uh, and I was wondering, I mean, the whole situation with the Princess Cruise, I, I know, I'm sorry, I'm just throwing a curveball at you, but is that must be an excellent opportunity to analyse a group and, and understand how a virus works like this? Yeah, sometimes uh, cruise ships quite often end up being quite useful case studies for us because... Um, they're quite good for transmitting lots of viruses in a contained space. Um, I personally haven't started looking at the data from the Diamond Princess cruise ship, but we do have some sequences from uh, some genetic sequences from the viruses in the patients on there. So 
that is something that um, I hope we'll look at. The epidemiologists, so the people that do uh, more human-based things, uh, I'm sure we'll already be looking at it because they'll have good records of who got sick when and how close together they were. And So you're quite right that it's it hopefully will be quite a useful data set. Sorry, Lydia, I was just going to ask, um, and as a virologist, are you looking at like how it spreads quickly or how quickly it can take over cells in the in the um, body or what what is it exactly what's your angle you know just generally as a virologist yeah okay so what i do is not um so much on the cellular level i more look at population level things so kind of on the scale of a, a country or uh, a region so I have uh, people all around the world have been working unbelievably hard to get um, genetic information from the viruses um, taken from patients and put online freely available um, very, very quickly. And it's been an amazing effort to watch. Um, so then what I do is I apply mathematical models to them um, and we can look how the viruses relate to each other. And then because we know how quickly a virus mutates in time, we can make those uh, relationships which are in terms of genetic change into relationships in terms of time. So this means we can ask questions like, when was the virus introduced into a new area? When did it actually start in people? Uh, when did it move across the world? So it's, it's those sorts of questions that I and uh, everybody else in the research group that I'm in, uh, in Edinburgh, uh, looking at. Fantastic. That's incredible. It really is. It's, it's amazing, Verity. And, and tell us, can we bring it back down to the very basics for, for parents and for people listening? Do mm-hmm. masks and sanitizers work? What is the answer? You read a different thing every day. Yeah, so... For masks, um, the current guidance from the World Health Organization is that you should only wear a mask if you are actually coughing and sneezing. Um, So to protect other people from catching the virus that you are carrying. Um, If you're healthy, um, you should only wear a mask if you're really closely caring for somebody with the disease. Um, But it's worth saying that In the UK, we're worried about having a shortage of masks for medical professionals, and they will be at the highest risk of getting sick because they're in that close contact with patients all day. So think very carefully about getting a mask if that's something you're considering. And they're actually quite difficult to put on and take off properly and safely, so they may not actually help so much. Um, Hand sanitizer, on the other hand, really does work. Um, but so does soap and water. So the virus is covered in a fatty layer and both soap and the alcohol in the hand sanitizer dissolve that fatty layer and kill the virus. So hand sanitizer is great, but normal soap and warm water will do the trick as well. So only Sorry, Seema. So only in case of like an emergency, if you're not near a tap and you feel like your hands are dirty, use your sanitizer, otherwise hot, hot soapy water. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. And with regard to now, this is an interesting one. So I've got a I take the dog for a walk and -hmm. then I come in and sometimes I still have my coat on and I wash my hands. And then I'm thinking, what about I'm aware because my coat's got long sleeves. Oh, what about the sleeves? What about my clothes? Could they have picked anything up and 
and its fabric and will it stay on there for longer so these kind of questions i suppose are some things i'm not sure i've seen that much about actually yeah so we we don't actually know yet how long uh, the virus lasts on fabric um those experiments haven't been done yet um but it's probably safe to assume that it will last a bit on there um so i would say that it's probably worth doing laundry maybe slightly more than you would do it before but so far we're not we're not so sure if you have someone in the house who is um ill and you're doing their laundry just make sure to be careful with it and make sure to wash your hands after handling it and those sorts of things but for now we're not so sure okay so that's clothing what about you know what about other things like books you know we're going to have at least four weeks we think if not God forbid, four months of no school. Can we can we swap books? Can we swap toys, objects? W- what can we do? So uh, a study came out on Tuesday, uh, which suggested that the virus can actually live for up to 72 hours on plastic and up to 24 hours on cardboard. So that's a really long time. Um, so if you can avoid it, I would suggest not sharing things with each other, especially since kids often put toys into their mouths, right? So that's a pretty easy way to transmit the virus. Um, If you have to, maybe you can leave the item in a clean place for a few days, wipe it down with alcohol wipes, wash your hands before you touch it, that kind of thing. But I think really we can see that the virus lasts for quite a long time on hard surfaces. So um, I would be very wary of doing that. Yikes, that's, I I was hoping you'd go, no, leave it on the doorstep, the cold will knock the virus off. No, okay. So no, no mini libraries around us anyway. (laughs) Thank you, Verity. That that's a shame, but really good to have that information out there, because I think especially with, with schools closing down, you can see, and certainly this is something I had anticipated, is maybe telling, uh, you know, the kids that they could read a book and then go and leave it at somebody else's house and then they could read it and then they could FaceTime each other and try trying to think of ways that they could interact. But actually, it's probably not such a good idea then. Yeah, from what from what the evidence is saying at the moment, it's probably not a good idea. But um, there are lots of free ebooks you can get. I think a lot of classics are free online. So maybe things like that, for possibly for slightly older children, perhaps. But um, I think... Yeah, maybe moving electronic is the way to go for that one. Yeah, and and can you? That, I mean, that's really helpful, actually. Um, solutions wise, um, any other precautions you think, in especially perhaps in light of the fact that a lot of parents that are going to be listening tonight are going to have their children around now all of the time, and obviously they're not mixing with each other. That's mm-hmm. the point of closing the schools down, but any particular precautions you think children should be taking? I think just kind of staying clean, washing hands more frequently than you might think, making sure to wash your hands for long enough, you know, the the saying happy birthday twice advice. Um, I think those sorts of fairly everyday precautions are are the best ones because what we've seen is that most uh, young people, most people under the age of uh, 20 or 30 won't be symptomatic with this virus, but will be able to pass it on to other people who uh, may be more vulnerable. So I think even it's maintaining the precautions, even when you think you're fine, everyone around you is fine. Um, 
because you may still be contagious. Right. So, 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 I mean, that is this, this thing about children being asymptomatic. I mean, really, they could just not have any idea that they're carrying it. Yeah, exactly. So that's why there's this, um, in lots of countries, they're completely locking everything down because it's pretty difficult to know who actually has the virus because a lot of people aren't symptomatic. If they're right. Verity, can I just ask you one quick question? So everybody's focusing on the symptoms as being a cough and a fever. Are there any other telltale signs? Is that it? I mean, does it present like a normal cold? How, how, do, like, how does it start off? Do you know? Um, so I don't know the details, but I do know that um, usually if you have a, a runny nose, it's unlikely to be coronavirus, um, this specific coronavirus Um and I think, uh, again, as far as I'm aware, I think the cough is a dry cough uh, and not a kind of phlegmy one. Um, but like I say, I, I don't know the details on that one. So, No, that's really helpful. Verity, you've taught us a huge amount this evening. That's really, really valuable advice. And um, we're going to go electronic. We hear you. We're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, um, Verity. Literally, as I'm saying to my children constantly, there are literally people out there that are doing everything they can to save people's lives. And um, I think I speak on behalf of everyone that's listening to say um, we are so grateful for the work that ha- very hard work uh, and work that is way above my understanding uh, that you are doing. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Ple- pleasure. So Verity Hill, virologist, thanks for coming on The Parents Show this evening. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to take a mini break on the parents show this evening and we'll come back in just a few minutes with a local mom who is doing a really, really lovely thing for our community. A very warm welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcoury in the studio. And good evening. I am still Seema Barker and I am uh, on Skype. I hope this is coming through to you well. Um, listeners, I think we're dealing with this um, the technology is holding up against the virus. That's it. Yeah, we're we're sticking very rigidly to the um, to the um, social distancing, and we're uh, just one person per studio. So, but we're really really pleased to uh, introduce our next guest. If you haven't heard of the St Albans Coronavirus Volunteers. Um, I hope you will give us a few minutes because we're just about to speak to one of the founders of it, Angela Connolly, who's a local mom. Um, hi, Angela. Hi, hi, how are you? You're very good and you're very welcome on the parents show this evening. Thanks so much for, for having me on there. Um, yeah, um, what would you like to know? Well, t- tell us what it is for anybody who doesn't know. St Albans Coronavirus Volunteers is, is a Facebook page, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're a Facebook group. There's actually three groups, one based for Harpenden and one for Hatfield and Welland Garden City, all with the same kind of subject line um, and all there to help as much as possible kind of coming into the next, I guess, couple of months um, to see how we can help the community as much as possible. Just to be very clear, we're not an official organisation. There are some amazing organisations at the moment like Community First and the Food Banks. Um, that we're hoping to kind of support just by being a pool of people for them to reach out to as and when we can help them as well. But we're not an official organisation, but we are a group of people that people can join and try to use for help or to help other people as and when they can safely um, if they're not in isolation. (laughs) 
Um, and I mean, it's such a lovely, warm, kind thing to set up. How How is it going? Yeah, um, unbelievably well. It, it's just absolutely amazing to see that, you know, 99% of the messages that we're getting and posts that we're seeing at least trying to go up at just amazing people offering their help um they people just want to help at this point which is just lovely to see um and on that um you know unfortunately we've, we've had to put in a rule where we've said that we can't put every single post up of people just offering help because it would just be inundated and we might lose the important posts of people requesting help especially if it's urgent so uh, thank you so much to anybody that has put those posts up we acknowledge them and we're absolutely loving them and, and we're kind of making note of them with any special skills as well but it, it just got crazy busy um it, it's becoming almost full time and and there's some amazing people on there as well so Sasha Bedford kindly volunteered to help um, just being admin within a kind of a day or two. I was like, yes, please, I need help because it just got so busy, um, which is only a good thing. It's, it's been amazing. Absolutely. Um, and Ayana as well. Ayana, I haven't spoken to her yet, so sorry if I'm getting her name wrong. Who's now moderating and helping us too. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I'm so pleased to hear you got such a, such a great response. How many people are on the Facebook page now? Um, across the three pages, it's, it's coming up to about 5,000. Um, and that's in the space of under two weeks, I think, which is really stunning. That is, that's breathtaking. It, re- it really is. And it says so much about our community, about St. Albans, that you can literally, you know, in the space of two weeks, pull together that kind of a, a group of people. And I, I love what you said as well, Angela, that you're actually teeing up with other more formal organisations you, you're basically, you'll have a bank of volunteers when and if they, they need them as well. Yeah, so one of my lovely friends who, who works with Dementia Friends as well said that we're like the cocktail bowl and they're like the straws. Um, they, can, they can kind of reach out and, and use that as an opportunity where absolutely any messages where we've had the RSPCA reach out to us today, for example, to say, we need tinned food for animals. Please, can you put a message out and, and ask people to drop off? Um, because we, you know, it's just a platform for people to go. Hey, there's a couple of thousand people that we can ask um, as and when, and, and I think we might see more of that later. And one of the other wonderful things that I say is that we're starting to get messages from people setting up similar groups in other communities, just saying, look, we're, we're learning off this and, and taking it and seeing how we can do it in different areas, which is just lovely. So, yeah, it's really encouraging. <laughs> That's fantastic. Angela, can I ask you, so with the purpose when you set this up, and obviously it's it's moved very quickly, becoming quite a large organisation and getting links with others, but what, what what did you see as the purpose? Is it for people to maybe ask for some help picking up their shopping or...? Yeah, absolutely. So I was kind of sat at work thinking I'd really like to find a group when I go home that I can just tag along to and say that I'm happy to volunteer as and when the time comes. And when I went home... I couldn't find anything and I just kind of thought, well, you know, if you can't see, do, so get on with it. <laughs> and I thought maybe a few of my friends, maybe 10, maybe if I was lucky, 100 might sign up in the space of a few weeks and we could kind of be there to do it. But in no way did I expect this. So it's become very agile, um, having to figure out as we go a little bit. So originally the plan was, yep, somebody could pop on there, look, I'm isolating, can somebody deliver shopping it's certainly not somewhere necessarily to get free things from it's somewhere to say i've paid for it can somebody collect it or i will pay at the door or we're we're seeing people you know asking to get their medication delivered or 
um, you know, one of the wonderful things we're seeing actually is people that live far away saying, look, my parents live nearby and I just want to know who might live in the area that I could reach out to if the time comes that I need help. So they're connecting and finding friends of friends that live nearby that they can kind of associate with as and when crisis might hit, which is lovely. But yeah, it's, it's gone in a different direction, but because it's a good yeah. direction, I've got to work with it. <laughs> I think that's a really wonderful point, actually, because I think that some people are feeling slightly paralyzed by the fact that they can't visit parents and grandparents. And if you're not in the local area, you know, logistically, what do you do about that? Um, so I think that 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 will really serve quite a um, a, a, a large uh, a, a kind of portion of the population if people can kind of have some sort of network that works across different communities and everything. Absolutely. And we've got to be really um, clear that we can't vet everybody on this site because we don't know why somebody from Scotland might be adding it. And it, we've got to give them that opportunity to say, it's because I've got a sister down there that I need to get help for or anything like that. So we can't they know people necessarily so it is really important that people take the right precautions hearts please have put some good advice out for there which we're sharing on the group um but we really don't want to take you know we don't want to say that we're vetting everyone that we're sure of it so people have to be as careful as they absolutely can try and work with friends of friends or you know people you might have met before or um you know just being as careful and getting as much information from those people as possible but we can't make that decision for you so i just want to really emphasize that point that we're doing the best we can to monitor things monitor posts decline anything that we have a little bit of a bad feeling about or anything like that but um we've just got to really hope that the community's got good intentions here and it looks like it has (laughs) absolutely and i think you've put it really well it's it's a goodwill it's based on you know humanity and kindness to everybody they i mean obviously it was set up over two weeks you can't have all the kind of infrastructure of a fully fledged organization so so people should just be responsible right yeah, and I would say that there are some amazing organisations out there that are doing things formally. So Communities First is just such a great organisation. They've taken on the crisis. They've, they've formally organised what they're going to do. Um, I don't know too much about what they're doing, but I know that they're much more in line with kind of having people checked and making sure that it's, it's a lot more formal. So if anybody has kind of needs vulnerable help, um, is unsure about strangers and things like that, they're places like that are going to be the better organisation to talk to but if they reach out to us we can direct them to those places anyway Um, but yeah this is for people that feel confident that they can ask or offer that help Um, there will be you know not perfect people on there but primarily we're seeing just really great people offering amazing things and people that you know you see friends of friends that you've met before at parties and they're offering help and you kind of know that there's really good people out there which is lovely Brilliant. Angela, can you just tell everybody the Facebook page for, for in case they want to jump on now and like it? Sure, yep. So it's St Albans Coronavirus Volunteers and it's the same for Harpington Coronavirus Volunteers and um, I think it's Hatfield and Welland Garden City Coronavirus Volunteers. It might be the other way around, Welland Garden City and Hatfield or Welland and Hatfield. Um, but again, Sasha set up the other two. She's absolutely amazing. So I'm really grateful to her. Um, kind of based on these so <laughs> I'm not quite sure on the Welling one No problem I mean what we'll do we'll find them and we'll share them on the Parents Show Facebook page um, as soon as Love we get off air but uh, Angela you're grateful to Sasha and we're very grateful to both of you for doing this it's it's a really lovely kind community initiative and it's what makes St Albans a really lovely place to live in so thank you so much for doing that 
thanks so much. And thank you to absolutely everyone on there that, you know, just wants to be a part of it. Just for joining, you've been a big part of it because you're spreading the word and getting the people out there. So, yeah, amazing. Thank you, everyone. Best of luck over the next few weeks. Hopefully it's something short-lived and and, uh, we'll come out the other end very soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lydia. Thank you. Take care, Angela. Lovely to talk to you. So that was Angela Connolly um, from the St. Dobbins Coronavirus Volunteers. And we will, of course, share the Facebook page um, for that and for Communities First, too, in in the coming 30 minutes or so. Um, We're going to take a tiny break now and we're going to come back with Kate Meeks, who's founder and CEO of Your Favourite Teacher. And uh, she's going to be telling us all about this fantastic uh, new local um, company. Just a minute. Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. Tonight's show is all about the coronavirus, as I think is only fitting given the current situation in in the United Kingdom. Um, We've spoken to a virologist. We've spoken to a fantastic local community group who who are volunteering to provide any kind of support that's needed. And another big worry we know parents have, particularly since yesterday when we found out that schools will close indefinitely from Friday, is what to do about our children's learning. So um, we're really delighted to welcome Kate Meeks, um, who's founder and CEO of Your Favourite Teacher. Hi, Kate. Hi there. Thank you for having me. It's it's an absolute pleasure. When we when we started to look for somebody to speak on this exact topic, we didn't expect you to be right here in St Albans. I so that's, know, right round the corner. It's it's a double bonus. It's a double bonus. So tell us about your favourite teacher, and I'm going to hand. I'm going to pull Seema, my co-presenter, in on this as well because she's had a little. You've had a little play with your favourite teacher, haven't you, Seema? I have. That doesn't sound right, does it? That sentence. You've had a little play with your favourite teacher, yeah, but no, I have. That's not what we want to be talking about tonight. <laughs> no, no, but I, really I have didn't been on the website, that. but. But Kate, why don't um, why don't you introduce uh, it to us, and then uh, I can kind of talk about some of the things that I've seen on the website. But yeah, why don't you tell us uh, okay. what what it's all about? Well, it's basically a virtual classroom. So um, it was set up by myself and, and a number of other teachers who all taught, um, you know, in, in local secondary schools around here. And um, it's essentially a way that we turned what were our schemes of work. So what we would be teaching our um, year 10s and year 11 students over a half term, we turned that into something that could be accessed online. So um, what we would do is we would film um, a mini lesson almost, um, and that, that would be embedded on this platform. And so you watch these videos of a teacher, uh, and then you, you work through the activities, and then your quiz. Um, and it's all tracked. So it's essentially a way to have some remote learning, which feels quite important right now, because I know know that that's about to suddenly um, become a very real reality for for everyone in the country. Absolutely. And and so um, there are specific um subjects on there yes. on the website uh, primarily there's a lot on uh english and maths well, is that right well i'm the english teacher so obviously i started with my preference i thought i can do this with my eyes closed so um so yeah we've got um it's primarily um your core subjects so we wanted to go with where schools were feeling the most pressure 
um, and um, and where where kids were feeling the most pressure, um, and obviously those passes in English and maths, that literacy and numeracy is is so important with whatever you move forward with. So it's um it's GCSE courses for for English, maths, and science um, at, at present. Um, but you know, there's there's lots on there, lots of literature, and we're we're always growing. But we started with those two. Yeah. So I've seen. So for example, for for the English um, course, which I've had a look at, and my daughter is studying Macbeth, oh. so I, I had a look at this, and it's great because it 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 kind of goes through and it asks questions, and it, but it asks questions from the angle of a, an English teacher, or you know how a specification would work. So not just the obvious ones like you know compare this person with that person but also kind of what do you think is important about minor characters and then the themes about fate and prophecy and you know yeah it's very yeah it's very detailed yeah i mean it's it's everything that we would teach that that was the premise it was where can we put everything in one place you know whether it's a, a teacher accessing this um whether it's um, a child, or whether it's, you know, now, obviously, we're looking at it from the perspective of a parent who who suddenly is having to become um, a geographer and a mathematician and a historian and a scientist all overnight. And we've mm. got what we would be teaching. That's what we wanted to put on there. So that includes guided questions. You know, it, it, it includes the key quotes and the top tips and the model answers. Um, so we really did, you know, it's taken us a while to build this, but it, it really is in, you know, it, it's over 500 hours of learning on there. And it's it's done as if it was to replace um, you being in the classroom. You know, it, it was originally for if a child was off sick, say, they could they could use this um, or was um, doing some home learning, they could use this. So the depth there is... Um, it's probably why it's taken us so long to do. <laughs> but that's fantastic. I mean, I know, Kate, if you could if you could see all the WhatsApp groups I'm on at the moment, and my children are only, you know, upper primary school, but there is serious panic amongst the parent body because we don't we don't know these things anymore. You know, we retained it for as long as we needed it, and then it then it's gone. You know, so all the parents are saying, "Oh my God, they're going to find out how stupid we are now." And <laughs> I know, I keep I keep seeing the memes and the videos and you know it's um it, it yeah but it's a, it's a struggle for, for me when if i would have a form when i was teaching and they wanted some help with their you know forces home forces homework and i'd be thinking oh my god almighty i do not remember that and you know it's very difficult for us to be experts and everything and with all of the specification changes a couple of years ago it's it's very much um it's very much about knowing and understanding uh, what the exam boards are looking for, and and that's very difficult to to learn overnight, and it's it's quite difficult to navigate your way through as a parent, I think. Um, whereas something that's a bit more natural for us is, you know, if we've been teaching it for for years. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping it can be of some sort of help. Um, Absolutely, and it, it comes from both angles. It comes from you know there's a there's a teacher resource and there's a a, a student resource as well. And, yeah. And um, so if talk to us about could you first of all tell us the website and talk to us about the pricing structure in case parents are going oh my gosh, like <laughs> you know how expensive is this going to be? Yeah. So well, it's 
at, at present, if you're a parent wanting to buy this, it's um, £25 a month. Um, so we sort of wanted to put it in the price bracket that, that meant that um, it didn't outprice people, but perhaps with something that was a bit more reasonable than, than private tuition. Um, and, you know, obviously it just so happens now with schools closing and that becomes all the more important. Um, so we will be looking to do some deals um, to sort of tide people over. We've also actually made a free course, um, which we've published, which is for everyone just to tide you over for a couple of weeks. So we've, we've made a school closure course. Um, which yes, I've seen that school closure contingency course. Very exactly. good. It's about 40 hours and it's a selection of English, math and science. But there's, um, there's loads on there. There's e we've even done like a mock-up timetable that you might want to use as a parent um, just to give some loose structure to the day. Obviously, we're all going to be playing it by ear from Monday. Um, but this contingency course is completely free and, you know, you can go on there and have a play around. And even if you just want to download some bits and bobs and use them in the future, then, then you can. But, you know, if it is something that you like, um, then it's, it's about £25 a month for access to everything. So it's about, as I said, there's about 500 hours of learning on there. But that's amazing because actually that's probably one hour with the tutor. Yeah, that's what we hope, you know, we hope it's... I, I taught in Luton and I taught a number of students um, who, you know, didn't always have the same um, the same opportunity and resource that um, that you know a, a number of us um, would would have perhaps here in St, in St Albans and and it for me it was it was challenging if I was teaching um, if I was teaching kids and and I, I felt that it was unfair when you know some of my friends children or etc would they'd have private tuition and they'd have all of these revision guides and they'd you know that uh, we're all sitting the same exam so we really wanted to make it affordable we really wanted it to just make it that you know learning is obviously um a right and not a privilege and we didn't want to you know price anyone out of the um the option to be able to use it can I ask, um, as I'm looking at this, because it's, it's obviously a tool for students, mm -hmm. um, but I wonder in terms of parents being slightly nervous about how much work their children are doing, because we can't, you know, a lot of us parents are also going to be working from home ourselves at the same time or trying to juggle that as well. And so can you monitor how much, because I'm just, look, I've, I've got it up, uh, you've very kindly given me access to it so I can have a look through this. And um, I know it can tell you how much of a particular course you've completed. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so in other words, a parent could go on and say, oh, well, look, I can see that actually you did 5% of the course today. For yeah. example, well, so you, you, um, we have these coin collectors. So it works off the premise of when you, when you do work. So when you watch a video, when you take a quiz, when you do a worksheet, you earn coins, and so it makes for a, like quite a nice, um, easy way to track what's going on because you can see how many coins are being earned throughout the day. You can collect badges. So when you've completed a, a course or um, or a lesson, you can get badges and certificates. So it's very much based on like a reward system and really meant to encourage, you know, regular routine usage. Um, but one of the things that's so good about the, um, the platform, if I say so myself, is, is this capacity <laughs> to track. So it's, 
you have a personalised learning checklist. This is sorry, this is teacher talk now, but which essentially is everything that you need to cover in a in a in a module and that you'd be taking at school, and that checklist yeah. starts going green as you start working through it. So you have um, yeah. when you open up that checklist. It's not a case of printing it out and ticking it off and being like, oh, have you done this? Oh, yes, mum, I promise. Tick, 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 tick. It actually shows you what's been done, what's incomplete, what, what was tried but not passed. Um, so it does, it does it all for, for you, which kind of gives you a little bit of peace of mind, even if that might be a bit annoying for your kids. Um, it, it's, um, it's there to sort of make sure that you know that learning is happening. Um, even if it's not quite and, the extent as it would normally be at this time of year. Well, I think, but but I think uh, you know we we are all in uh, you know new times at the moment. There's going to be you know anything that's going to make a parent feel better about the fact that they can see their child has been doing something that is directly relevant as well to to their course. So, for example, I'm looking at the bi the biology triple science course right now and i can see exactly what you're talking about so the course content the cell structure the cell specialization etc yeah. etc and and if they sit if they sit the quiz and they don't get a, a high enough pass can they take it again is there anything yeah. like that yeah, available? No, it, it's um it, it's all about as i said it's all about repetition and routine so it's not meant to be like uh -uh, you failed it's, it's meant to, you know, encourage, like, um, revisiting topics that you haven't understood. So as many times as you're quizzing, that's great because you can be earning lots more coins. Um, and, and actually, if that means that you're just um, revisiting that information over and over, um, scientifically, that's going to make its way into your uh, long-term memory, which is exactly what you need, whether you've got an exam coming up um, now or if you're, you know, a Year 9 student, Year 10 student, these are things that, that you're going to have to be remembering um, at some stage. Um, so so that, that can be really helpful, definitely the repetition of revisiting topics that you haven't quite got first time round. And Kate, it almost serves like a kind of a, a built-in goal setting. It kind of teaches children the discipline of setting goals. I mean, initially they probably don't set them themselves, but yeah. it, must be, it must be a great rhythm. It really is supposed to... Um, it's supposed to promote independent learning as well. And I think that's one of the things, our expectations are always really high on, on parents. And um, I think it's going to, I think, you know, let's face it, it's going to be really hard for Monday. And, uh, you know, there's an element of guilt around parenting of like, if I'm doing something right, if I'm not. And it's, we, you know, you don't want that. You want you want something that a child can you've provided for them, and they can actually, you know, get to grips with this themselves, and they can take ownership of their learning. And and really, you know, you can you can be a parent. You don't need to be a teacher as well as a parent. Um, that's the plan, anyway. Fantastic. Oh, no, I mean, I think it, it looks like such a useful thing for young people to have as a resort. And I'd imagine whether exams go ahead in their current format or not, um, it, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to just cut off their learning. It, it isn't why they were doing what they were doing 
I mean, obviously... I, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm sure for parents as well, like keeping them on track, working in the same direction to be the, you know, do the best that they can with the material that they're supposed to be learning this year yeah. is, we, is fantastic. We were doing, we did a, we did an Instagram live with um, a number of students after school today um, and the devastation um, was really quite a lot, actually, because I think you, you you sort of think, oh, they might think, woohoo, we've got, you know, school's out, it's a long school holiday. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't, I think there's, there's an inherent value to learning that's not just based on whether you're taking an exam in May. And, and certainly literacy and numeracy, you know, as you move forward, um, you know, into, into whatever you do after school is hugely important, um, regardless of, the outcomes we don't know the outcomes for the next few weeks and i think it's probably going to change every single day so to keep those routines and to keep um valuing education i think is is hugely significant that's that's fantastic kate can i just ask you one last question um which is just about your relationship with schools um locally um i i know that they're playing you know they're they're desperately trying to arrange these things now and i you know i've certainly read um different letters from different schools that are you know clear that the 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 heads uh, and the staff are trying to figure out what they're doing because unfortunately they don't have all the information they need from the government but Have you had conversations with schools about using this as part of their platform, as part of their continuing learning? Oh yes, definitely. I mean, it's been it's been quite a week. Um, this is obviously it, this is meant to be sold as a platform to schools um, originally, and we work with you know so many schools um, up and down the country um, who obviously are now suddenly thinking, "Gosh, yes, that was worth their license." Um, but, you know, it, it's not too late for, you know, t- to get in touch. We can have accounts set up, you know, normally within about 48 hours, um, although, you know, don't hold me to that. <laughs> um, and, you know, all it takes is a letter going home telling you, I mean, I set you guys up today and, and it's just a case of getting a username and a password. So if any schools are interested, yep. um, you know, head on to our website or, or drop me an email, kate at yourfavoriteteacher.com and we will work as fast as we possibly can to, to support you guys. You're going to be very busy. Kate, can I ask you to give us the website um, address again? We'll put it up on our Facebook page, but yes, if you just uh, you can take this opportunity to give it again for all those parents who are listening give it, eagerly. Give us a little plug. It's www.yourfavoriteteacher.com. And do you want to take this uh, final opportunity to tell us who your favourite teacher was when you were a student? Oh my gosh! Do you know I uh, I get asked this all the time, and <laughs> I I had an English teacher called Mrs. Pyatt who was always very inspiring. At, uh, I went to St Albans High School for girls, so I really haven't moved very far <laughs> in my last few years. But I had too too many to count. I mean. I could go on all day. I loved all of my teachers I, and I loved my school. So um, that's probably well, why it's, it's in great, education. <laughs> great to get a good shout out for teachers and educators, I think, who are working very, very hard and will continue to, no doubt, uh, in the upcoming months yeah. as we're doing uh, going through these strange times. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Kate. It's been so interesting uh, to have you on and great work. And I think it's going to you know, help out a lot of parents and a lot of students and a lot of schools in in the future oh yeah. thank you for having me best of luck perfect timing kate take care take care bye see you now bye bye bye
So that was Kate Meeks, the founder of Your Favourite Teacher. And um, please take a look on the website. It's a great resource. And gosh, what a time to find it. Hey, Seema, I mean, it couldn't be better. Yeah, I think some schools might have it as part of their... um uh, kind of their their uh, online learning uh, for future as well. So what I'd say is uh, take a look at your own school website first and see if it's part of their kind of ongoing learning, um, but also do have a look at the website as well. I mean, it is, I've, I've had a, I have had a good, uh, good, good look at it this afternoon. And, and I actually have to say, as an ex-teacher myself, it is a very good resource. Brilliant. And as a mum who's got somebody studying Macbeth. Exactly. <laughs> takes, takes the burden off you. But um, great. Yeah. So um, now we we had hoped to get um, uh, an expert on anxiety to come into the show or to come online to speak to you this evening. But as you can imagine, it's a topic that is in great demand at the moment. But we have a fa- we had a fantastic response from Dr. Kirsten Thurwell from Reading University. We asked her what she would say to parents who are concerned about how to talk to their children about the coronavirus. Now, obviously, I'm not Dr. Thurwell, but I'm just going to read out what she said and just give you some, you know, some thoughts about um, how to approach this. So she says, talk about and provide simple facts. Children are picking up all sorts of information via the playground. So it's important to ask what they've understood. Okay, so first understand, find out what they've understood. Then share your own worries in an age-appropriate fashion um, to show that you understand. However, don't talk too much about all the inconveniences, the fears and the concerns, etc. So share your own worries, appropriate to the age, and to show that you understand, but don't talk too much about the fears and the inconveniences. Then the third thing she says is validate their concerns rather than brushing over them in an attempt to make them feel better. That's under use phrases more like that's understandable that you feel that way or it's tough at the moment, isn't it? So validate their concerns because the, the, the compulsion is always just to kind of go, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And obviously, yeah, everything isn't fine. So they're right to have concerns, but it's about having a rational conversation about the concerns. Isn't that right, Seema? Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, you also want to... Uh, keep as part of that keep the door open for them to um raise their concerns again uh, that's something else that i've read in relation to that um validating their concerns just leave the door open as well not that you know it's understand that you feel that way but then it's done um yeah. because they might want to talk to you about it you know the next day or the following day um then and, and following on um and keep talking about it right because it's it's like we don't know how long this is going to go on for yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 going to be in their mind and and potentially affects as you know. I I think something that Kate referred to at the beginning. It perhaps feels like a holiday. I know my children certainly feel like that. They're going to have this you know holiday from school. Um, but I keep saying to them, you know, you're going to get bored. You're going to get bored. And and they are starting to acknowledge that. That yeah, actually, maybe if they are at home for more than two weeks, then they're probably going to get bored. And then maybe the reality of what's going on, which is. They're not having play dates. They're not seeing their friends. They're not hanging out with their friends. They're not going out. It might make them more concerned about what is in the background, what's causing this. And so that, um, quite right, Lydia, that actually then being aware that two weeks, three weeks, four weeks down the line, they might want to bring these issues up again. 
That's it. It's not um, a done go, deal. Go. Yeah. So going on with some of the other things that Dr. Kirsten um, uh, has said, um, model remaining calm. So they will be observing your response, how how you are dealing with the news. And if that escalates quickly or they see or overhear their parents panicking, then that's going to be something that they're going to learn from. And remember, this applies to financial concerns or worries in addition to the actual medical virus um, spreading. Um, it is a very worrying time financially for a lot of people, and it's understandable that uh, you know a lot of our adults are worried about their financial situation and jobs. Um, but that's not something that a child can properly understand. Um, not having lived in the world of work, and it's something that they could easily panic about. Um, number five is keeping structure at home as much as possible and using the time together to reconnect. So if you can, and again, this is going to be difficult because some of you, uh, some of us are going to be juggling work, um, but one-to-one -one activities, um, there is going to be structure with regard to, you know, home learning from schools, um, whether they're primary schools or whether they're, they're secondary schools. But if you find time for one to one activities um, and if you can structure that in as part of your day, that is going to be very helpful. Great. And then finally, show you are happy that they share their concerns with you and that you are there to help them through the challenges. Fantastic. I think that's that's yeah. They're they're the tips. And what we'll do is we'll pop them on our Facebook page as well. And quickly before we go, because uh it's been a, a really packed show and we don't want to leave anything out, um Debbie Roberts has set up the amazing the big stay at home challenge on Facebook. We are gonna share that as well. But she basically is is going to help families um to to encourage families to share ideas and tips for being amused while stay at home and she's turning it into a big challenge which will create points um, and it's all based on the lovely kind of concept of life is beautiful you know where parents make um, kind of a fun and lovely event out of something that is based on something that's actually not terribly positive but um, that's it for the parents show um, this week we're really delighted to and to thank all our guests for being on and giving us such helpful information um, this evening. All the best and we'll be here at the same time next week. Bye-bye. Stay safe, everyone. Good night.